I'm doing great, uh, Taylor. Uh, thank you very much uh, for coming to my show. Sure, no problem. Glad to be here. So I've gone through a profile. I can see uh, you're doing uh, outstanding work. So I thought to tell about you and the work that you're doing to my audience. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, I've I've been in uh, working in technology. Um, mainly in sales, business development roles for about 16, going on 17 years now. And yeah, it's been an exciting, exciting journey. Um, lots of different experiences, uh, mainly worked on kind of the vendor side, but also worked on the system integrator side. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been a really, really great journey. So 17 years of experience. Yeah, 17 years of experience, um, mainly in, in cloud, uh, cloud technologies. Um, I mean, we're going back, you know, a, a ways here. Uh, but you know, it's, it's really, I started out in the kind of the virtualization boom, you know, when, when VMware and Citrix and Microsoft were all coming out with Hyper-V, with ES, with ESXX. Um, yeah, and, uh, that's kind of where it all began for me. Um, building private clouds, um, you're going into that whole, uh, infrastructure as a service, you know, era that you had, you know, able to get, companies were able to get their hands on, you know, infrastructure a whole lot more easily than they would have been buying it themselves and going through the pain of installing it and managing it all on their own, on their own sites. They're actually able to, you know, use someone else's server in the, in someone else's data center. So, uh, so yeah, that's where, that's kind of where it all started. And then, you know, we've just gone, you know, leaps and bounds over the years, you know, um, now with, you know, obviously, um, AI kind of taking over the scene now. Um, it's, it's all very, it's all very exciting. Um, uh, kind of this new era that we're going into. So how do you define this evolution? Technology evolution. Well, I think you could see it in in multiple ways. You know, um, it's it's iterative. It, you know, it it's evolved as you as you as you're saying. Um, and the, the same kind of principles, I think, uh, you know, apply you know in many ways back in in the days of, of, of virtualization to now. Where now we're dealing with cloud native, and now we're dealing with containerization of applications, um, and everything um, is just getting faster, more lightweight, easier, easier to deploy, um, and now AI is is augmenting a lot of the the, the core services that uh, that people are building now. Um, but I think the the evolution, you know, has been. Uh, sequential in terms of it really has uh, built on each other. You know, I think we wouldn't have the technologies and the capabilities today if we didn't have or went through the pain or went through the the journey of kind of the foundational aspects of of building uh, building IT, right? And I think that everyone is kind of standing on the shoulders of uh, the generation you know before them and and the teams that have gone before them the innovators the you know the forward thinkers people that have um you know taken traditional concepts and principles of it and just built on them and innovated on top of them 
and some of the big, you know, large companies out there that have gone out and built, you know, the next generation of, of, of infrastructure architectures out there. So we've gone from, you know, kind of traditional monolithic architectures now to this kind of microservices, breaking everything down into smaller components type architectures now so that it's more, you can build it faster, you can repair it faster, it can evolve and respond faster, you know, to companies' needs and requirements. And, uh, you know, we're coming into this time where everybody's looking for speed and efficiency and and the way, you know, dealing with big, large, monolithic, monolithic infrastructures and applications you know, it was always going to come to a point where people were like, well, this is this is just not working, guys. We need to start to build infrastructures differently. We need to start building applications differently. So uh, when you joined in IT in 17 years back, uh, you know how things were. Today, you are seeing uh, what is happening. So if you compare these two days, this day with the, that first day, so what what comes in your mind? If I compare, you know, it's it's a bit like, you know, um, comparing a, a, a 57 Chevy, <laughs> you know, a, 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 a kind of a, a very well built, you know, car from the from the 50s and 60s. You know, um, you know, it worked. Right. It worked. It was heavy. It was clunky. You know, it was um, hard to repair some, hard to repair sometimes, but you know, it, it worked. It, it did, it did the, it did the job. Um, in terms of it got us to first base, right? Um, but then now what I'm, you know, now what we're seeing is that we, you know, everybody's expecting, you know, the Ferrari, you know, everybody's expecting that highly accelerated, you know, process of iteration you know, an improvement. And I mean, we just see it in, in the world of software development, right? Everyone is just looking for efficiencies and how to, to develop software more efficiently, how to increase the speed of their cycles, how to, you know, upskill their developers more quickly, right? Um, how to um, reduce complexity. Because I think what, what people found back in the early days in the 90s and the early 2000s is that, you know, there's this very small subset of folks that really understood how things work and could actually build and could actually build things. You know, now we're very much coming into an era where it's a, a democratization uh, of capabilities and abilities and the complexities of cloud and of infrastructure and of, and of, and of, and of software um, are, they're getting, you know, they're getting broken down, right? They're getting, they're getting simplified. And we're seeing a lot of companies coming to the space looking to, to simplify the complex, right? Looking to make it available to, um, various different user bases that are not super technical, which is really cool. And from now, next 17 years, how it is going to be? Oh God! I wish I, I wish I had a a, a crystal uh, ball. I mean, you know, we're going to be continue. The industry is going to continue to to um, to build, to you know, and to evolve, and to continue um, 
really this journey that we 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 started. I just think we're in for a, a very interesting ride here with how how AI is going to be able to um, uh, play a role, you know, in the continuation of accelerating our our, our journey into faster, more efficient, easier to access, easier to cons- easier to consume, easier to build, easier to troubleshoot, right? Um, and easier to to build these 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 next generation of systems. So I'm really um, keen to look, uh, you know, at what how how AI is going to play a role in that. So how is the journey uh, building things to uh, leadership role? Um, when in terms of a, a, a in a leadership role, um, well, I think you got a couple. You've got a couple things, right? Um, you know, in 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 the IT industry, um, there's a, there's it's a very busy space, right? Um, it, it is uh, incredibly noisy sometimes. You know, there's everyone is. Um, Building something, shouting about something, you know, we're the best at this, we're the best at that, right? And I think thought leadership is really, you know, important, right? And building um, your brand as a company, your brand as an as as an individual, and kind of what you stand for. And it's not just about what you do; it's it's really about the the, the why that you do, it, the reason behind what you do. That people really buy into. And I think the most successful brands and companies out there have, have nailed this, have nailed this point, right? Um, they really have articulated well, you know, the why behind what, what they do, not just kind of what they do. Um, you know, I think, you know, there's a lot of quite a few good examples, um, good, good and good and bad examples of, of that out there. But, uh, leading in today's world, is is very much about thinking about what is you know what is next, but then articulating to people you know why it is what you do and why it is that you believe what you do is is uh, is going to have an impact you know in the world today. And uh, uh, have you thought that uh, in coming days uh, the cloud technology is going to be global and solve human problems everywhere on the planet? Absolutely, you know. Um, you know, I'm very much in the startup ecosystem, and every day I come across, you know, a new startup, you know, that is, you know, passionate about solving a problem in healthcare, in agriculture, you know, food t- in food tech, um, you know, in uh, green technologies, and it, it's it's honestly a very exciting time to be alive. And especially in the startup ecosystem, um, there are passionate people that are working really day and night, you know, on, on technologies and things, um, that, that I think are the next generation of, of folks that will solve some real, real world problems, uh, that we, that we all, you know, want to see solved, right? And, uh, I'm just, I'm just really, really, um, glad to be part of it. And what problems you want uh, the youngsters to be solved? Well, I think we, we'd all like to see um, more sustainability, you know, in terms of, you know, our impact on the planet, 
you know, as, as, as a human race, right? So all impacts. So whether that's, you know, cloud computing, um, impact on the environment. So, um, I was involved with projects, um, around immersed cooling, immersed cooling projects around super high performance computing, right? Using immersion technologies to help cool large data centers and start large server farms, you know, using liquid as opposed to electricity, which is a part, uh, which, which, which uses, you know, air, cool air to primarily cool the data centers and cool the infrastructure. Whereas now technologies are coming out where liquid can be used to, to cool these, to cool large data centers. Um, you know, sustainable agriculture, like farming, you know, and IOT, you know, IOT technologies that are coming out. People are building, you know, vertical farm farms, you know, using technology, whereas, uh, you know, plants in our, in our food that we consume is going to be starting to, to be grown, you know, not just in large farm fields that we all know and, 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 you know, very familiar with, but, we're seeing now vertical farms, right, where they're they're being uh, putting these large structures up, and then we're we're seeing technology take a kind of leading role in kind of things like hydroponics, right, and growing and growing um, uh, foods in kind of these uh, water type water type containers, um, and then IoT being used to and the sensor data being able to use used to monitor the climate and um, control the environment and and accelerate the whole uh, growing process. So so things like that, I think innovations like that are going to really help us, again, drive efficiency in things like agriculture. So these are some of the exciting, you know, exciting areas. Um, and, and I just, you know, we've seen a big um, uptick in terms of um, cost of living. Right. So. Energy, energy, you know, people innovating in energy right now, looking at, you know, smart technologies to um, help people cut down and use, utilize their energy much more, much more efficiently. So even in commercial, and this is commercial and residential, right? So looking at technologies that are, that are helping to better manage commercial energy consumption, right? And also, you know, the residential, right? So you get things like Hive, right? That are helping people manage their energy consumption inside their house, homes and things like that. So I think these are the co- very cool areas in technology that are going to be very interesting to see how they evolve and they even get better and smarter and help us reduce costs, you know, uh, both in the business world and the, and the consumer world. So you are into world sales and uh, you know, uh, how uh, uh, the problems uh, uh, worldwide are solved using technology. So, and also you also uh, saw the evolution of the technology, how humans uh, solved different problems using technology. So today in present world, what is your uh, take on uh, uh, humans' problems and uh, uh, the 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 solutions for those problems using technology? Yeah, I think that that's uh, how long do we got? We got how long do we got to solve to solve that question? <laughs> um, yeah, I think there, you know, there's a it's it's a big world out there, right? Um, and you know, I've been in sales, you know, for pretty much my, my you know my whole my whole my whole career, right? And you know, good sales good salespeople are are custom 
number one, good customer focused, right? Our customer obsessed, right? In helping um, their customers or their, their prospects along a journey of discovery. And, and, you know, and being very transparent and open with them kind of every step of the way. And I think, you know, that is something that has been key in my, in my career, interacting with, with companies, large and small enterprises and, and small businesses is that, um, you're not always going to be the right fit, you know, for your customer in terms of, you know, technology, technology. Um, but, you know, I think it's, it's very key to be, have a very, build a strong relationship where you can have very transparent, open communications with, with customers who are evaluating your technology, um, looking, going through a decision making process and you're there to, to help them, you know, with, with that process. And I think one of, the, one of the key ways you can do that is go deep on discovery of their, of their actual problems. Sometimes customers are not very good at explaining what they're looking for, um, what their actual problem statement is. So you need to dig. You need to really go through a process of uh, with them to uncover what is, is the actual problem that they're looking to solve. And is your technology a good fit for that? And it may not be. And I think that's that's where um a, a maturity in sales comes in is that um you're able to actually say you know what mr customer i'm not a good fit for you you know based on you know everything that you've described everything that we've discovered together we're actually not a good fit for you but you know what i know x y and z solution over here you know that potentially could be a good could be a good fit for you right and and then, you know, a customer will sit back and take that kind of approach and just like, wow, you know, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a very high level of maturity when it comes to, um, dealing with a, a solution sales process and that, 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 you know, not every, not every sales process is going to result in a, in a, in a successful sale, right? And it shouldn't because sometimes you're not a good fit for them. But being able to say that to a customer um, is really where it's at for me and has served me really well. And uh, what is your style of uh, solving any problem that you face or the, that you get? It's really um, doing um, research. You know, r- research is kind of the foundation in terms of building up your knowledge of what it is you actually need and require, right? And I think sometimes it's, it's overlooked and, neglect, and neglected of actually doing kind of deep discovery of the actual, the actual problem itself to be able to come up with, you know, um, a good solution for it. And I think, you know, uh, and then going through a, a, a real solid evaluation process. Um, I think that is the, really the foundational key to understanding well, I've got this problem you know what are my what are my potential solutions or answer or answers to it and it can you know obviously it can be it can be time it can be time consuming 
right? Um, but without kind of some fundamental research done at, the, done at the beginning and a clear problem statement um, and a clear idea of what success looks like in terms of how do we want to solve this challenge? How do we want to solve this problem? Um, it's kind of hard to understand the answer uh, to, your, to, your, to your problem. And uh, uh, you you have you have been in uh, sales for a long time. So, is there any particular way of uh, doing technology sales? Well, technology sales is, for me has always been extremely consultative. You know, I think gone are gone are the days of of kind of hard, you know, abrasive, you know, selling. Right? Um, it's it's more about becoming um, an advisor, an advisor. And a, you know, depending on what your position is, and an and evangelist, right? Um, evangelists of the kind of benefits of the technologies that you're, you're selling. And, you know, but doing that in such a way that you're more advising someone than, than selling, right? So we call it, you know, you can call it solution, solution selling. Um, consultative selling, you can call it call it a, a number of, of things, but you know you've got a technology or a product that does you know X, Y, and Z, um, but really the focus needs to be on uh, use cases for your technology, um, you know, explaining those really well, and then business outcomes. What 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 business outcomes does your technology derive or are is attached to? Because that's what, at the end of the day, what everybody's looking for. Everybody's looking for an outcome, right? You can buy a technology to do a thing, but what does that thing drive in terms of overall impact? What is the impact uh, of this technology? If I to buy, if I were to buy um, a widget, let's just say I would buy a widget from you today. What is that? What is the impact of that widget on my, on me as an individual? Um, maybe my team, maybe, but then overall my business. What is what is the what is the outcomes? Um, what is the results that that technology uh, drives? And these are the things that people look for and they they buy they buy into. And then there's the obvious one about return, you know, return on investment. Um, what is what is the actual ROI of your of your product, your solution, your tech, your technology, and and how long will it take for me to um, recoup my investment of time, but and also you know you know money time I need to learn your technology potentially so there's a there's a there's a, there's a ramp ramping time, but um, but B, there's obviously a, potentially a monetary monetary cost. So quantifying um, technology and solutions and helping customers to understand their 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 return or potential return uh, on investments is is quite critical. So you do sales uh, worldwide. So do any uh, any human being from any part of the world have the same problem, and you are giving them solution? Yeah, so we had, uh, kind of, I address kind of a worldwide audience right now as we're a small team working, uh, you know, at a, at a, a startup. 
Um, so who, in the early days of, you know, growth, you know, you're, you're very much on the worldwide stage, um, you know, addressing a, a audience across the globe. And they're very different, you know, you know there, there are some, you know, depending on what your audience is, there are some commonalities, right? So for us, it's, you know, developers worldwide that we, that we want to engage with. Um, but, you know, in, in various different countries, there'll be different nuances in terms of, you know, spoken languages, um, certain approaches to, to, to business, to tech, to technologies, different, um, um, how potentially different parts of the world uh, adopt technologies and how quick they are to adopt them. Like, you know, um, I, I personally live in the UK and, uh, but I'm originally from the US. So the US has always been touted as being kind of five years, um, ahead, you know, in terms of their technology adoption and their willingness to, um, adopt newer technologies more quickly than, than, than other regions. Now it's not strictly it's not strictly true because there'll be nuances in um, different uh, different areas of the world that will ha have accelerated adoption cycles of of the latest and greatest technology. But the U.S. has always been um, touted as one of the, the most early adopters. So, do you find difficulty in uh, uh, selling the solution uh, for uh, countries that you have never been? Um, not particularly, um, cause we're, we're, you know, depending on, you know, what type of technology you are, you are selling, if it's hardware, if it's software, if it's, you know, if it's services, um, there can be, you're always going to encounter some resistance, right? You're new, you know, if you're, if you're new, um, if you're just entering a, uh, you're trying to enter into a, a region, you know, a lot of times it's, it's good to have, um, local, um, partners, you know, in kind of local regions that speak the language, speak the language, know the, know the markets, um, very, very well that can help you enter into, you know, these kind of local, local, uh, regions, local countries. Um, but in the early days, you know, if you have interesting and innovative technology, um, once people understand it or find out about it, you know, um, and especially if it's kind of soft, if it's software, which is, you know, easily accessible from, from anywhere in the world, right? Um, you know, people are tend to be very curious and very interested in trying, you know, at least testing the waters and, tr and trying it out. Um, but yeah, depending on what technology you have, whether it's physical or whether it's kind of soft, you know, soft kind of software, um, sometimes, you know, partners, local partners in various different regions of the world can help you enter into those markets and give people the confidence, you know, that they, they need that you can, that you can be trusted, so to speak, right? And what is working for you to be a global communicator? Well, I think, um, one of the main channels I've been using lately is um twitter twitter is uh a, a very um very interesting platform and i know there's a lot going on in the in, in in you know the world in terms of with you know elon doing different things with twitter and lots of change going on there and people jumping over to macedon and 
And I, and I've been, um, you know, a hardcore LinkedIn user, you know, for, uh, for, for many years, right? Um, so from a social point of view, LinkedIn, I see LinkedIn and Twitter, um, being kind of main, main platforms, um, that, that kind of, for me as a professional and as a company, that are, are really good global channels to then start to put your content out there. Uh, obviously, YouTube's, um, you know, a, a really good channel if you're a, a serious content creator and, you know, there's a real good marketing, marketing channel. Um, and then for, you know, depending on where your audience is, um, you know, for me, our audience is, is on places like Hacker News and Reddit. Um, those types of, um, channels. Um, so looking at, pro, you know, product launches, software product launches at like product hunt, places like that, um, are good communication and marketing, you know, marketing channels. Um, looking at things like streaming, streaming channels like Twitch. Um, you know, those are, those are good platforms as well. I mean, Twitter has just added communities, you know, to their, to their platform. So they're starting, trying to get, you know, into the community space. Um, Slack is another good one that there's a lot of good Slack communities out there that you can get involved with depending on the subject matter, um, of your, of your technology that you're doing. So those are the kind of ones that I, um, I, I focus on and kind of building advocates, building, fo- building a following, um, and kind of speaking to the audience that, I, that we're after. So how uh, how comfortable uh, are you in uh, uh, adapting to the constant change in the 17 years? Yeah, I think you kind of nailed a good one there. The only um, the only constant in life we have is 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 change, right? And um, I think you know everybody deals with change slightly differently, right? Um, some people are like to are procrastinators <laughs> when it comes to you know to to to, to certain areas of, of of change of change, but others you know embrace it you know and 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 look to capitalize on it util, utilize it right. Um, I think that's probably why you know I joined technology you know the technology industry in the first place was because. It is fast moving. It is always changing. And I find that interesting. You know, I find that, um, you know, that you could wake up tomorrow and, you know, an open AI would have launched chat GPT. Do you know what I mean? And, and you're just next and you're just catapulted into this, you know, new era of chatbots and, you know, um, Generative AI and now, you know, technology is going to change again, you know, massively because everybody's going to rush and look to um, utilize, you know, these large language models. And I, and I think I find it exciting. You know, I find it exciting and empowering, exhilarating. And but not everybody will. Right. I think, you know, sometimes the kind of the common consumer, you know, um, can get tired sometimes of all the of all the change. I just learned how to do this with my iPhone, <laughs> and now Apple have changed it. You know they've moved they've moved everything around. Uh, you know I knew I knew where everything was, and then now they've gone and changed it. You know all in the name of you know progress improvement, right? 
Um, so I get it. You can get you can get fatigued sometimes by constant change, right? And yes, change does disrupt to 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 a point, right? It does dis it does disrupt. It, but there's good disruption and there's bad you know there's, there's bad disruption, right? Or negative disruption. Um, and I think you know disruption. You can either fight it or you again you can you can embrace it. Um, and personal disruption, there's professional disruption. We've seen a lot of professional disruption with the large amount of layoffs, you know, in the in the industry, you know, with Google and Salesforce and and these doing large layoffs. Um, but I think overall, for me personally, it's a it's a really good thing, and it keeps me engaged and excited to see what's coming next. Why you are successful and uh, what tools uh, you have used uh, in order to be in the place where you are today? Well, I think why is successful? I think there's some fundamental principles and I'll just focus on 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 one uh for this uh for this discussion. Um I think there's a lot of a lot of folks out there that um, approach their you know careers you know dif- differently. Um, some people are just looking for a job, right? They're looking for an, they're looking for an income, and that's fine, you know. Um, but and they and they don't have um, very um, shall we say high ambitions in terms of where they want to be in the next 12 months. The next two years, the next ten, in the next ten years, right? Um, so they're happy to just go through the kind of daily, daily grind, put in their forty hours, and you know, get a and get a, and get a paycheck. But for, I think for me, um, it come, it all comes down to um, not just the desire to succeed, but you know, the ability to to execute as well, and. Um, one of the key things that I've um, done and focused on over the year is this concept of, of reinvention. You know, we just talked about change, right? Change may come along and you may get made redundant and you need to, it's time for, to, to, to look inward and to potentially go through a reinvention of yourself. Um, to then take yourself to the next stage, to, to, to what's next. I love the stories of people getting, you know, made redundant or getting fired and, and they're, and the next thing you know, they're, um, you're going off and creating a startup and, the, and that becomes a unicorn and, and is, is massively successful. And they said, you know, being made redundant, um, was the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. It was the, it was the juncture or the wake up call that, that, that they needed. To go out and go and start something brand new, reinvent themselves. They never saw themselves as a CEO or a CTO or whatever, right? Um, they never thought they had it in them to go and and start something um, from the ground up. But given um, combination of events, they 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 went and they went and did it. Um, so, but for me, it comes down to execution. Um, on a, a, your vision, you know, for, for your life, 
and your and your career and and building strong relationships along the way you know there's a there's a very cliche saying about your network is your your net worth so to speak so i find people that um and for myself you know that are strong networkers right they build a strong network around them that they can then um tap into as the years as the years go by you know as they go along their journey in their career not every connection you're going to make is going to bear fruit in the next 6 12 24 months you may have made a connection 5 years ago you know um that you then come into a a a space in your in your career in your journey that then that connection actually becomes that becomes valuable so it's it's building a strong network, executing against your short, short term and long term goals, never getting too comfortable because we've said it, we've touched on it for change is inevitable. Having the ability to reinvent yourself as and when you need to personally and professionally and professionally to really uh, focus on where you want to be, where you want to be. In three days from now, in three months from now, in three years, in three years from now, and having both short-term and long-term goals. Awesome. And uh, emotion and logic, which one worked for you for the 17 years? A bit of both. You know, if I if I if I always followed the logical path then I don't think I would have had some of the amazing experiences that I have with people. Um, wouldn't have made some of the amazing connections I've had, again, with people. Um, companies, you know, they're, they're, a, they're a construct, they're a framework for you to, you know, reside underneath or reside in for a period of time because it never, it never will last forever. Right. Your 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 time at a company will never last forever. But people, you know, transcend, you know, they, they surpass your times at um, at companies right? and your tenures at, at, at companies. So creating long lasting professional connections um, that could, will be with you for a for a lifetime. So. Um, so, yeah, there are definitely times where. Emotions have taken over, right? And you and you realize, looking in the rearview mirror, um, that maybe I could have made a better a better decision or a less emotional decision. Um, I could have made a more logical decision. But I think it's it's healthy to keep a balance of both, um, so that you um, are able to make you know, decisions with with your with your heart as well as with your head. Uh, you'll tell this uh, same to the uh, AI developers who are working on cloud industry or cloud technology. Sorry, what, say it again. Uh, the emotional logical thing that you said. Will you give uh, the same explanation for the AI uh, developers or creators uh, in order to make things happen in the cloud technology? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I think everyone has a different experience, right? Um, good, bad, otherwise, right? Um, I think in the space, in the developer space, um, there's a lot of, there's a, there's a healthy amount of opinions <laughs> in terms of how, you know, people are, you know, finding their way, they're, they're doing things differently, they're discovering um, what works for them. You know, and, and one way will work, you know, potentially one path will work for somebody, you know, um, and it won't work for somebody else for, for, for various different, for various different reasons. And I think therein lies the opportunity, right? Um, that, um, technology adoption, um, and working with technology is, is anything but, you know, a straight, a straight road in terms of it's not cookie cutter. Everyone is searching for the best way to work with technology, um, especially developers, you know, to drive their outcomes, you know, and give them what they, they need, give them the best experience. Um, you know, it's one of the biggest areas that I think the industry is, is focused on now is how can we drive a better, um, technology experience for, well, for developers. And that's the area that we're focused on. Um, because I think going back to our analogy about the 57 Chevy and the Ferrari, you know, um, a lot of technologies and tooling has been built, you know, for a certain type of user. Um, when now as times have evolved, right? And cloud is just mainstream, right? Where so if you think about, you know, going back to just when we were all dealing with servers on the on the floor, you know, in the data center or in the office, right? That was the server servers guy's problem. There was some problem with the server or the infrastructure. That was that was the servers guy's problem. I, me as a developer or a coder, I I didn't I didn't worry about that, you know. But now, cloud has kind of changed everything in the sense that. The infrastructure is so much more closer, you know, to the applications that are being developed for it that are going to run on it. So it's just inevitable that the, de the developers are going to start to interact with the cloud infrastructure, um, and there's going to be a, 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 a merging, right? Um, I mean, we're still going to have infrastructure engineers. Don't get me wrong. Um, and we still do, and it's a huge ecosystem and a huge um, function, especially in large companies. But now we're seeing a kind of a, a coming together of infrastructure and application development like we've never seen before. So, uh, so I was asking you about uh, uh, you uh, uh, you into uh, worldwide sales. So what is the difference that you are observing that uh, in the sales that you have done before a long time ago? Uh, in the smaller level, the sales and uh, uh, comparing that sales with the worldwide sales. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've had I've held kind of numerous sales roles that have focused on you know much smaller um, geographical areas and uh, verticals, you know, as well uh, compared to now, which is. Um, you know, trying not to boil the ocean all, all, all at once. 
And yeah, it requires just a, a, a different, uh, well, a shift in mindset, right? Um, you know, there's this old saying of, of think local, but act, act global. And I think it very much, um, comes down to, you know, your approach as a, as a salesperson, um, you know, to your local, to your local market, uh, to your in, your in country market. Um, versus um, looking at your total addressable markets, you know, uh, across across the globe, and there's there's lots of different ways to 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 approach it. And in previous you know in previous roles, you know, um, you're very much active in local community, active in in the local um, uh, you know shall we say organizations that can help you promote you as a as a local business. Um, but now, you know, in a very much a, a global situation or a global software company where your potential audience, your potential customers are, are, are everywhere in, in the world. So you have to think about, um, in my mind, I, I, you know, I think of things in multiplication, multiplication of effort when you're small. When you have a small, when you're a small team or a small startup, small startup, you have to think about um, the kind of activities and relationships that you're looking to build and how they're going to multiply your effort. How are they going to um, give you? What kind of a return are they going to give you on on your your effort? Because there, you know, there's only eight hours in the day. Well, there's a lot more hours in the day, but you know, I would recommend. Um, you know, burning, you know, the midnight uh, candle, so to speak, because you'll 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 burn out, um, you know, especially working in a, in, in a startup. Right. But um, it's very important to um, focus and prioritize, you know, when you're a startup and when you're trying to address, you know, a potential global customer base. Right. And so you need to really look and evaluate um, and qualify your activities and your engagements, you know, in terms of how much they're going to be able to multiply um, your effort and re- give you a good return. So a good example of that would be um, affiliates and partnership programs. So investing in partners and advocates and affiliates, people that will, um, you know, Multiply and, and and replicate your effort, right? In terms of awareness, creating awareness of your company, awareness of what you do in their geographies, in their countries, in their companies um, across the different globes. So setting up, you know, programs like that that will help you scale and will multiply your um, your effort. So train the trainer, you know. Train the partner, train the advocate um, in various different um, geographic geographic locations, so that you can incentive give them the right incentives to talk about your product, your solution, um, in their in their perspective geographies. So that's that's some area that um, you know I focus on. At, you know, as a, as a small in a small team in a small startup to kind of really multiply and scale your efforts. And uh, change is constant. Uh, you being as a leader, uh, 
how how do you handle and how do you make your team to adapt to uh, new things that are constantly happening i think you know you could spend a serious amount of time um worrying about you know um change you know what's what's changing around you changing market conditions changing uh, um competition you know new emergence of new co- competitors um you know lots of different you know changing uh, economic changing uh political you know si- si- situations um i think you could spend a lot of time and a lot of mental cycles you know worrying about you know all these 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 types of changes and there's two trains of thoughts there you know and the one extreme to the other right the one that's constantly reading the headlines um and then the other one that's kind of buried in the sand like the ostrich right um i think there's a there's a there's a balance to be to be to be struck in being aware you know being aware of new competitors emerging onto the scene being aware of changing economic uh climates um because big companies and small companies they they need to look evaluate these changes and they need to understand how they affect them you know and how they affect them potentially now but most importantly potentially how if they become a trend you know how do they affect them you know down the road their future business um so i i would strike a a very much a balanced approach to to the forces of change right um to be very much aware of of what's going on around you but for it to not to um consume you so to speak so that you can still focus on growing and building um but also having those very very important conversations with your team around do we need to pivot do we need to change our strategy um in order to to deal or to head off this 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 trend because the worst case scenario is you get your head buried in the sand and new comp you know com- competition comes along um you know economic downturns happen and you just you you just you you're you're ignorant to the fact and you kind of run into a a perfect storm scenario which no one in you know no one potentially would be able to put that together in their in their mind so to speak so what is the uh, connection between humans and technology well i think the from from the very beginning um you know humans were were always seeking um the ability to improve their lives you know i think it's the fundamental here improve their lives through the use of technology and i think we've seen that we've definitely have seen that um but we've also seen um you know what i'm going to call the tiktok generation right um you know we've also seen negative effects of technology and, and 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 humans right um to the point now where we have our, our devices tell us you know how much we are using them right um how much screen time and now parents like myself need to keep an eye on how how much 
you know, their kids are consuming. You know, you know this these types of you know very addictive you know, technologies, handheld technologies, right? Um, so there are negative effects, right? There are very very well known negative effects of technology on on humankind. Um, again, it, it's just you know you can you can find pretty much any extreme that you want in the world. But it's all about, you know, trying to create the right balance of of technology and and just human, you know, human humanity um, being human and trying to find that right balance. So uh, as a global expert, uh, as a person who is into technology from long time, being in different roles, doing different jobs, solving different problems. uh how this challenge uh human uh solved or uh, can able to face because uh, the challenges uh, we humans are living in different parts of the world uh, which have uh, different time zones uh, uh and uh, we have established this technology with which we are able to exchange information using technological devices uh, and technological mediums uh with which we can able to share information at the same time uh uh when the information is being uh, uh, expressed so how we are able to uh, establish this communication system and information technology uh, uh and uh, be connected and uh, how uh, what what all we did in order to make this happen because you are into technology for a long time you have saw the evolution of the technology so how humans are thinking in order to make this different time zone people to be connected and uh, interconnected with each other yeah i think the you know the communication um systems that we have in, pl- in place are are you know unpre- unprecedented you know in terms of the ability the availability of information at your fingertips you know um is is instant right and and it's just going to get even even quicker with the you know advancements that we're seeing in in generative ai um in terms of you know we've been going to dr google right for for uh for pretty much all of our our wants and needs and questions in our quest for information um and now it's just going to get even easier we can uh generative ai solutions are just going to be able to bring back more accurate um you know answers to our to our to our lifelong questions um but in terms of the connections between us as a as a as a human race you know um in everything from you know video platforms to texting texting platform texting platforms um you know in the in the you know c to c you know the consumer to consumer world and then b to b you know we've got you know very intelligent very advanced video conferencing platforms um that that bring bring people together we've got streaming platforms you know um we've got just about pretty much any kind of um you know digital medium you know to bring um people together that you really would you, you could really ask for um and actually one of the interesting areas that I'm um working in is the whole concept 
of, you know, bridging the gap between, um, physical and digital from a, you know, kind of a networking perspective. So it's kind of, kind of what you're talking about, you know, bringing people together, allowing you to meet people, you know, in different time zones and different global ge- geographic locations, um, you know, without leaving the comfort of your home. So we all very familiar with big going to events and networking with, with industry people we know in the industry, people hopefully we don't know, which is obviously the true definition of networking, meeting, meeting new people, making new connections, which will hopefully open up new doors. But obviously COVID, you know, brought in a completely new, you know, paradigm shift to how you know, we're going to now interact with each other um, and also communicate with each, communicate with each other. So I think there's an, a, there's an emerging space now um, coming to where we're having, we are now starting having physical events again. You know, you can fly you know, around the world and go to different global tech events, global different, you know, different industry events. Um, but then a lot of people are still doing a lot of business over Zoom and over Skype. Um, but now I think there's a space opening up for how do we bring the two together, the, 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 the networking that we enjoy in the physical world, but also the, 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 the connections and the conversations we can have in the digital, I in Zoom. So I think there's a space opening up for digital networking, um, where, um, you know, complete strangers can, can come and be and use AI or uh, matchmaking technologies to get connected with each other on digital platforms where they can do digital networking. So someone in Mexico can network and meet someone in, in Hong Kong, you know, um, and technology can be used to bring them together. I think it's a really exciting space. And, uh, uh, at last, uh, one last question that is extremely uh, valuable for everybody who is living in any part of the world, who is into any profession. Uh, this question, uh, uh, this question's answer will definitely help them. So, what is business and uh, what values that should be there in business in order to uh, make this uh, uh, human connections and uh, human's emotions balanced? Well, I think in any business, um, you have to be extremely um, customer obsessed um, in terms of, you know, the technology is, is there to be an enabler for the human experience, right? Technology is, it's not the, it's not the end game, right? It's, it, it's, it's there to, um, serve a purpose. And I think when you, you know, companies get technology obsessed and they forget about the human experience, you know, side and they start building things, right? And they kind of do it um, a bit backwards, you know, backwards to front. So they build great technology, um, but they don't build it with customers first. They don't, they don't, they don't build it kind of front to back. Um, they kind of go back to front. So I think seeing some of the best, I think some of the best companies out there are kind of building customer first 
you know, human centric platforms that were, were, were built to enhance the overall human, human experience, regardless of what their purpose, their purpose is, right? Um, but they built a customer first, a human first experience, and the technology is kind of behind the scenes, you know, enable, and, and enabling that experience, uh, that experience. And you could apply, you know, you could apply that to just about any, any sector or any space that, that you're in. If you forget about your, um, or you neglect your, your actual customer, your actual person that you want to use your product or, solu- or solution, you're going to, you're going to be in for a hard time, you know, when you start to then, you know, take your baby, <laughs> you know, out of the, out of the nursery, so to speak, and you start to show it to people and, and, you know, and the feedback, you know, comes, comes back, you know, and it's not, and it's not nice, right? Um, so my recommendation is, is, you know, whatever, whatever you do in terms of your business and whatever technology you choose to, to build or, or, or use, you know, you have to, you have to keep in mind, um, you know, your users, your, your customers, and you need to be obsessed with, with that experience. And uh, at last, uh, what is your observation about my work? Yeah, um, you know, I think people that um, that that are doing that are doing really really well in this in this day and age, I call it the the, the TikTok age, um, are, are folks that are creating value and creating really good content, you know, for for you know, folks to consume that, that you can, everyone can relate to and get some actual, you know, nuggets of, uh, of gold, of gold out of. So, you know, I think building one's, you know, personal brand, you know, in 2023 is, is very, you know, very important, right? Building one's network, you know, of people that you know and you've connected with and you've had, real life, you know, exchanges and conversations with, right? Because we've got a lot of keyboard warriors out there that love to hide behind the screens. And uh, they're smart, intelligent individuals, you know, and maybe their talent is not, you know, conversing and speaking and engaging and and whatnot. But at the end of the day, you know, um, we need to find within ourselves the ability to build real life connections with people. And, you know, I think that is something that you're doing really, really well. Thank you. Uh, I did a master's in software engineering, also bachelor's in computer science and engineering. Right now I'm doing uh, uh, DevOps engineering work. Uh, apart from that is my full-time j- job. Uh, apart from that, I'm talking with experts like you who are already in the industry for a long time doing different jobs and doing different roles who are from different parts of the world, having completely different experiences. Uh, Also, non-technical people like doctors, uh, authors, uh, police officers, uh, uh, people from film industry I interviewed. So all this uh, diversity, uh, uh, talking with different kind of people, different country people, how this knowledge is going to be helpful for me if I work in IT, IT in coming days? You know, I think, um, you know, 
uh, a broad perspective and a very uh, healthy, you know, um, shall we say, um, mantra in terms of how you approach your 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 work and your and expanding your knowledge. Um, I think we might have frozen here. Yeah. Have we frozen? Yeah, <laughs> we no, Yeah. Okay. Sorry, it just went completely blank. No, I think this kind of broad exposure for you as a professional, as an individual, you know, you're 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 young, you're growing, you're expanding your knowledge, you're expanding your network, you're expanding your um your mind's eye, so to speak, in terms of you're gathering lots of other perspectives on on the industry, on life, on you know other people's roles and whatnot. And I think that that is going to be very valuable for you down you know down the road because so many people they they get into a bubble, right? And I think everyone's got this problem to one degree or the other that they they're in a vacuum or they're in a very a bubble and they they only associate or network with people that are like them. Um, and so they, they don't have the widest and broadest of, of perspective or, or experience. So being naturally curious about, you know, the people's jobs, their roles, what they're doing. And then, you know, you work in technology. So understanding how they view technology as well. Right. Um, how they interact with technology, their their frustrations, you know, things they like, things they don't like. Do you know what I mean? Because um, at the end of the day, depending on what kind of technology you're using, these could be your users. You know, these could be the people that use technology that maybe you cre- you create. So their perspective is is, is extremely valuable. Um, so I think getting out of your bubble is 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 an amazing thing get you know getting out of your 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 local vacuum and socializing and connecting and networking and talking having conversations on a global level in various different industries will add significant value to you know to you as a as an individual for sure um so yeah i i think what you're what you're doing in your approach is, is really good uh, it's extremely valuable for me your uh, uh observation i'll keep this in my mind i'll try to improve more and i'll skill up myself more so can i put this video on my youtube channel with your permission yeah sure absolutely um my pleasure and also can i put this audio and video clip on my podcast website internet social media everywhere with your permission yep no problem yeah uh, do you have uh, your work to share with my podcast listeners so that they can follow you and they can see what you're doing and uh, uh they can learn from you yeah so uh i'm on twitter um i'm pretty act- pretty active there now um just uh it's kind of taylor underscore the kind you can find you can find me on on twitter um uh, my you know stack tape is also on on twitter as as well we're on linkedin um and we're also on slack we've got a slack community channel discord channel so anybody that's interested in, you know, DevOps, DevOps automation, 
um, for develop for you know developers, um, you know specifically in AD, in in AWS. You know, I welcome them to come check us out. So I'll put your links in the description of this video on YouTube. People who find our video on YouTube can see, and also I'll put on the screen as well the entire video. They can see uh, your links and they can uh, follow you and can learn from you. Fantastic! Sounds yeah. great. Thank you very much, Taylor, for your valuable time and uh, spending your valuable experience with my audience and also answering my questions patiently. No problems. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, sir. Again. Right. Take care. Take care. Bye.